0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the We Are Podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. As much as I would love to spend a lot of time talking Penn State basketball here today, I'm recording this just a few hours after Penn State won at Indiana for its second Big Ten Road win of the week. I'll get to that a little bit more uh, in the first segment because uh, Mike Rhodes is doing a nice job with the Nittany Line basketball team. But I I really feel like we've got to talk about Kalen King the Penn State cornerback, who I mean, he just had, you'd almost have to describe as a pretty disastrous week in Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl. Um, so I want to spend a few minutes on this a little bit later on, uh, in the, in the, uh, second, third segment. We're talking with Neil Riddell from the Altoona Mirror about Kevin Givens, former Penn State player who will be playing in the Super Bowl next weekend for the San Francisco 49ers. He's from, uh, Altoona Area High School, which is my hometown, 45 minutes away from Penn State. So we'll get to that discussion in a bit with Neil, but really got to get into this Kalen King discussion. Uh, first, of, first of all, during the regular season for Penn State, Kalen King did not have a great year. Uh, we, we need to be honest with ourselves. We we came into this season, people thinking, okay, Kalen's a potential first round draft pick. You know, had a great year last year playing alongside opposite or opposite side of uh, Joey Porter Jr. And people feeling like uh, Kalen could be, you know, uh, a first round pick this year. Joey Porter was not. Penn State's never had a first round draft pick as a defensive back, and people thought, hey, Kalen King could King could be that. And then it just never materialized during the season. We all remember how Marvin Harrison Jr. really just um had, had a, a big day against Kalen in, in the game against Ohio State. But there were other games where Kalen just seemed out of place, not as Uh, Much of an impact, you know, going up against the ball, getting beaten by guys. Just look, Caleb King's a good player. He's a nice player. But as the season went on, you know, you just kind of kept wondering, okay, what's what's happening with this guy? Why? Why is he not living up to the potential we thought he had? And then he ends up skipping the Peach Bowl, which everybody kind of realized he was going to because if you're if you thinking you've got a shot at the first round or maybe the second round, hey, you got to skip the bowl game and you got to turn pro. And I wish Kalen King nothing but the best, and I hope he does uh, go real high in the draft for his sake. Um, But Kalen King didn't look like a first or second round NFL draft pick to me this year. He, He just didn't. If you didn't know... Going into the year, hey, Kalen King is supposed to be this or that. And then you were just kind of watching him as the season unfolded. You would have come to the conclusion that, I mean, this guy, he's, he's got some issues. Okay. And we all kind of realized, realized that as the season went on, he does have a good skill set. Then he goes to Mobile, Alabama for the senior bowl and he runs a good time. He had one of the better times at the, at the senior bowl. But if you followed throughout the week, some of the coverage from around the country and seeing some videos of Kalen King in drills at the senior bowl. Wow. It was, it was pretty rough. I don't want to pile on the young man. Cause again, he, he still may have a great NFL future and get drafted real high, but he, he just had a disastrous week as a senior. Bowl. I've got some videos in here in the file. If you want to go to DK Pittsburgh sports for the, if you're listening to the podcast, you know, through some uh, other, outlet or, or format come to DK Pittsburgh sports. You can see some of the videos where Kalen, wow. I mean, he, he just looks bad. I mean, not, not subpar, not disappoint, just bad. And it's, it's alarming. Some of the routes he's getting beaten on by uh, four and five yards. Just, just really looking poor in some of these and, And uh, our Corey Christen from DK Pittsburgh Sports was in Mobile, and he broke down uh, a bunch of players in a story earlier this week. He had five players trending down, and he led it with Kalen King. Here's what Corey wrote on the side. I expected to see more out of King this week, but he faded. There were times when King was one full step behind receivers and allowed big plays. He had a couple of strong plays, but did not put out the week that was expected from someone who's a fringe first round pick in some circles and that's uh, Corey Chrisen on Kalen King. And it just, you know, it just kind of goes to show that if you get a reputation of being a good player, it can be hard to lose that reputation. If you follow what I'm saying, Kalen had a really good year in 2022 came into 2023 with high expectations didn't meet those expectations and yet you still got people talking about him as a first round pick well why would that be he didn't he didn't show that on the field for Penn State this year then he goes to the senior bowl and I mean again I'm not I'm trying to be careful I say he might have been the worst player at the senior bowl You know, again, that's, that's, that's obviously subjective. We're basing it on a few plays here. and, And, you know, maybe he had some better plays than what we all saw on video. But if you just watch some of the highlights, now they're highlights for other guys, like a Tez Walker from North Carolina, you know, guys beating Kalen King, but they certainly don't look good for Kalen. Here's my theory on it. And. This will be praiseful for Joey Porter Jr., but not really in any way for Kalen King. Joey, if you remember, to start the 2022 season at Purdue, broke up six passes. He was spectacular. I mean, everything that came his way, Joey did a sensational job breaking him up. And cause remember, Joey had, had a lot of penalties the year before in 2021. Not great technique. Always just kind of, jumping and getting either a a PI or a holding call or whatever. Then he starts the 2022 season and he's got six pass breaks up, breakups at Purdue. And then you started to think, okay, now Joey Porter Jr. is starting to become the player that everybody thought he would be. And after that Purdue game, people just didn't really throw at Joey, Joey very much anymore. So Joey uh, was always guarding wide receiver. One didn't have a whole lot of opportunities to make, You know, a lot of plays because people just weren't challenging him because he kept stepping up. Kalen King on the other side is guarding wide receiver two. And Kalen did a terrific job in 2022 guarding wide receiver two. I I keep having to point that out. Keandre Lambert Smith was a number two wide receiver for Penn State in 2023. Is he really the kind of guy that you're going to do a whole lot of worrying about? Not necessarily. Those were the kind of guys that Kalen King was guarding in 2022 because Joey was locked down on everybody on the number one guy. So Kalen really, really benefited from having Joey Porter Jr. on the other side because he got to he got to cover a lesser receiver. Some, you know, and look, let's face it, some teams might have a really good number one and then a a significant drop off to their number two. Penn State this past year didn't have a number one at all. Uh, KLS might have been a number two, but they really had a bunch of number twos and number threes. Kalen King made a name for himself guarding number two wide receivers. Was he really that good, or did he just benefit because nobody wanted to throw at Joey? Joey. Joey, therefore, ends up going, slips out of the first round, goes to the Steelers, has a really good rookie year. Yeah, he made some penalties and everything, but but still, Joey's a good player. Joey, I think, is going to have a really, really good NFL future for the Steelers. So now, Kalen King has come back to Penn State. He's got a guard wide receiver one. And quite frankly, he just wasn't fully up to the challenge all the time. And we really got to see how significant it was of a difference For him to have to guard the better receiver on the field and I mean again maybe maybe Kalen can go to the combine come to the pro day test well he's gonna test he's gonna test well we know that from Penn State players they're going to put up good numbers at the combine they're going to test well the eye test though this is what bothers me about the combine bothers me about pro days if these teams are going to look at Kalen King and say, well, we love your 40 time. We love your, your, you know, your, your shuttle times and all these things. We're going to take a shot on you. Probably not in the first round at all, but you know, mid second round, I still think that's, that's too high. Cause if you just look at the eye test and yeah, the eye test is different for everybody and the eye test can lie to you at times, but the eye test during the 2023 regular season and the eye test on these videos, from the senior bowl, uh, I mean, I, I, if I'm an NFL team, I'm thinking long and hard before I, I take a chance on Kalen King. He might have a lot of upside, but he just looks like a guy that has a long, long way to go, really. And, and, and he was exposed pretty good in Mobile. All right. Uh, I do want to touch on it again for a moment the Penn State basketball in this segment. Uh, congratulations to Mike Rhodes. They go to Indiana. Uh, pound the Hoosiers, uh, by double digits Saturday afternoon for their second Big Ten road week, road win of the week. The other was over Rutgers. Now, look, some of Penn State's wins were over, you know, lesser teams in the Big Ten. They're five and six right now in the league. Hey, I picked them to go like four and 16, five and 15, maybe they're five and six right now. Um, their wins are over the likes of, uh, Ohio State. Which is three and eight. Ohio State's having a really down year. Uh, They beat Wisconsin. That was a great win. Wisconsin is uh, you know eight and two, near the top of the league. Then they've got wins over uh, Michigan. Michigan's last in the league at two and nine. Rutgers. Rutgers is third from the bottom. They're three and seven, and then a nice win at Indiana. But the bottom line is, Mike Rhodes has found a way to have these guys compete really hard. The defense has gotten better. After a really poor start to the season with their defense, they were giving up a ton of points early on. And they've won these last two games on the road in the Big Ten without Kanye Clary, their leading scorer. Now, I've had some people suggest to me, they're just a better team without Kanye Clary. And that's a, that's a weird thing to say because Kanye's a good player. He's averaging 18.4 points per game, uh, you know, shooting 46.5 point uh, per, percent from the field. He's a good player. Are, they, but are they a better team without him? You know, we'll see what his injury situation is and, and when he might be back. But, uh, you know, I like Kanye Clary as a player, but sometimes, you know, you lose a guy and you, you find different guys in different spots and, and you just get a spark. But bottom line, and I look, I'm going to write and talk probably a whole lot more about this later on. Bottom line, Penn State's 11 and 11, five and six in the big 10. You know what Notre Dame is? You know what Micah Shrewsbury's doing at Notre Dame? Fighting Irish dead last in the ACC. They're seven and 15 overall, two and nine in the ACC. Yes. Micah Shrewsbury took over a tough spot at, at Notre Dame. He, uh, he, uh, he's got a lot of issues with that roster, <laughs> but hell, man. Mike Rhodes took over a really tough spot at Penn State. He was losing a bunch of guys and basically all he had left was Kanye Clary coming back and the the job Mike Rhodes has done this year at Penn State has run circles around the job that Micah Shrewsbury's done in his first year at Notre Dame so it's just gonna be interesting to see how we compare how those coaches do over time you know Micah's a good coach hopefully he can get some things going at Notre Dame but they're two and nine in the ACC and the ACC's not any good or, or not a great conference you know and, and Mike Shrew- or uh, Mike Rhodes got Penn State at five and six so it's just fascinating how how things work out in life sometimes. I will right, we'll take a break. Neil Riddell from the Altoona Mirror will join me after this. We'll talk some uh, Kevin Givens and his really cool story from Altoona Area High to Penn State to the Niners and the Super Bowl. great local story. Kevin Givens from Altoona Area High School, heading to the Super Bowl with the San Francisco 49ers. Now, Kevin was a rookie with the Niners when they went to the Super Bowl a handful of years ago. So, uh, second time he'll be heading to the Super Bowl. Neil Riddell from the Altoona Mirror joins us. Just just a really, really cool story. Nobody knows uh, the history of Altoona area high school sports better than Neil. Where 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 do you put Kevin Givens in his story, Neil, with the rise from from here to Penn State to the Niners in the Super Bowl? How amazing is all that?
1: Yeah, you know, I think you gotta feel good for him, Corey. Um, you know, he took a chance on himself. Most people felt that, you know, he could have used another year at Penn State, and other coaches were disappointed. But, man, you know, the the kid has hung in there. He's now completing his fifth year. Uh, You know, he's made over $4 million. He's uh, an unrestricted free agent, pretty sure. So he's in a position to maybe get another deal, either from them or or somebody. Um, And, you know, I I feel good for him. He always, uh, you know, represented the area. Well, he's kind of a late bloomer in in uh, high school uh, and Penn State uh, took him. He, I mean, he was, uh, you know, a running back linebacker in high school and, you know, grew, in, grew into a defensive tackle and has really played well. And he's made a nice contribution in a reserve role uh, with the Niners.
0: You know, Kevin originally committed to Pitt.
1: Uh, Okay. right.
0: Flipped to Penn State, put on upwards of 50 pounds, man. I mean, you talk about linebacker running back in high school and then they made him a defensive tackle and he was just a workhorse and he he put on all that weight. Do you remember any stories back from 2014, 2015 when Kevin was getting ready to go to college that he was ever going to be a 280 something pound force as a defensive tackle?
1: You know, I, I think they uh, they obviously had a plan for him, and Brett Pry looked out for him because you know Pry has good feelings throughout to and was in the middle of uh, of that recruitment. Um, you know, and I don't know that they ever thought maybe that he was going to run well enough. You know, to uh, you know be on the outside. You know, to be a linebacker, uh, whatnot. Although he's such a great athlete that he probably could have played, but hey, who could question, uh, you know, A, the decision to move him there and really the job they did with him, um, you know, it turned out he had a big frame for sure, and, uh, you know, he was able to to put on weight, and, you know, some guys really can't, and, um, you know, there he is now kind of in the middle. What do you remember most about
0: Kevin from Penn State? Because, We'll we'll get to the in the end when he declared for the draft in a second. But just uh, the the growth, you know, James Franklin talking about his work ethic and strength and all that, and his ability to clog up the middle on the run. What stands out to you the most about his Penn State career?
1: Well, you know, I think he's just always been a really quiet guy, especially from what uh, our dealings uh, with him. He is not the att- attention seeker. Um, You know, I know when he would come home, he would work out over, you know, in the Altoona facility, and he kind of stayed in touch uh, that way. But he was always around the ball. You remember that play at Pitt, uh, the game they were coming back? I think he might have got injured initially. I mean, it was like a super hard, uh, friendly fire, I guess, type of hit down near the goal line when they were coming back against Pitt. Uh, The game that, um, you know, McSorley was bringing them back. Uh, I just remember him as being a guy who's around the ball, uh, just a uh, just a real contributor. But you know, kind of off the field with us, uh, you know, if we wanted him, it, I'm not saying it was pulling teeth, but but uh, Kevin was not a guy that really had a a ton to say, and he kind of kept to himself that way. I, just, uh, you know, again, real happy for his success.
0: From a maturity standpoint, I remember talking to a lot of people um, at Altoona and John Franco, people that had known Kevin. And, and you made a good point about Brent Pry. How important was it for Kevin to get in an organization? With people that did care about him and treat him the right way, he was not the most mature kid. And I know some people may have wondered, you know, hopefully he'll he'll go keep his nose clean and everything like that. But you mentioned Brent Pry. How important was all of that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you know when you look at the people who helped influence him. I mean, I you know John Franco did a good job. I you know Kevin had committed to Pitt, uh, but you know Brent was at the early stages of of their career at Penn State, he had come with James from uh, Vanderbilt and, you know, he had Altoona ties and and Brent not only was, you know, born here, but he still has a lot of family here. So he was around a good bit. And, um, you know, I think that was important for Kevin's, um, you know, development uh, to have people that were, gonna really watch out for him i mean it's a, a lot different era right even now it's not that long of a period of time of what's going on between nil and transfer portal things uh there was more restrictions back then but um you know <laughs> it's it's harder to manage these kids these days but i think they did a good job with kevin and some of that uh was more stable even then
0: from the Altunamir, I've always said some guys just don't want to be in college anymore. Now, there's a Miami tight end who was granted a ninth year of eligibility last year. The guy's going to be 46 years old. No, I'm just kidding. He's going to be 25 years old next year, I think, or 26. A ninth year of eligibility of college football. Uh, Sean Clifford stuck around for... Some guys just don't want to be in college anymore. They want to move on with life or what have you. Kevin Givens was not a real promising NFL draft prospect when he decided to come out after the 2018 season he had another year left why did he why did he leave penn state as far as you can tell
1: i think a lot of kids are just anxious to get on with it uh you know you also run the risk and this is where you know kind of betting on yourself i mean had kevin been injured that last year i mean the guy has made, like I said, he's making two million dollars right now, and he's made you know about four and a half million uh and that's just what's listed. I'm sure there's probably some bonuses you get to the Super Bowl. this is gonna be a bonus, you know he's been there twice now um so I think you know people are anxious you know they've worked their they've worked their whole life for this, and they're just a little bit antsy to see you know, where they fit in, even as a guy that wasn't drafted. And I remember covering that and I'm not exaggerating within three or four minutes after the draft ended, after the seventh round ended and he didn't go, I got a text from his agent saying he's going to the Niners. That's how quick it was set up. I think the Niners liked him the whole time. And Hey, a lot of times it benefits a kid to, uh to maybe maybe go to a place that as a you know and uh, uh as a free agent who who wants you who feels that they need you um then possibly to go in a very late round, although i you know hey to be able to be drafted, you can't underestimate that, and they do want you if you are drafted, and it's easier to make the team when you're drafted. But it happened real quick for him, even though he wasn't.
0: That's pretty wild, just a few minutes. And he was on the practice squad, you know, for a good bit of the 2019 season with the Niners, and they went to the Super Bowl that year. Uh, I'd asked Neil Neil earlier, did did Kevin play in the Super Bowl? We don't think that he did. I'm I'm not certain if he was active or I don't believe he was, but I don't think he played in the game. Regardless, he found the perfect situation. What made... San Francisco perfect for him with what they've been doing defensively and how he fits in with their
1: line, yeah, they must have just uh really liked him I know uh uh he was active for the last few games of his rookie season, and then uh he was on the active roster when he went he was like on the um you know i guess the fifty three man roster um for the Super Bowl, but then the day of the game they declare those half a dozen mm-hmm. inactives. That's where he was, but he did get to play uh, leading up to um, leading up to the Super Bowl, and I want to say he might have played in the playoff game. Um, you know, either due to an injury or or whatever uh, in that first year.
0: This year, uh, Ken has 13 solo tackles, one and a half sacks. He's just kind of a d- disruptor guy. It's hard for a defensive lineman who's just kind of a space eater and a run stopper. It's hard for those guys to really get a lot of notoriety or, or see. I remember, I, I hate to throw out another name, like Rob Windsor was a guy that played with, with uh uh Kevin Givens. Rob ended up being a sixth round pick. And I remember thinking like, why are people talking about Rob Windsor? He's done nothing to me. Kevin was a better player than Rob Windsor. And, and Rob mm-hmm. ended up suffering some injuries, unfortunately for him. But why is it difficult For defensive linemen, for for people to focus on them and pay attention to them. I mean, you look at an Aaron Donald guy, that guy changes games. But if you're an interior defensive lineman, why don't we focus on those guys or pay attention to them more?
1: A lot of times, if you watch even the Niners, Kevin is only playing maybe 20 snaps a game, but he really can be that can keep him fresh and their whole line fresh. But a defensive lineman, some of those guys have two people on them. So you look at the final stats, and they may not show up in the box score at all. Um, So it's difficult to roll up stats from in between the tackles as a nose guard or defensive. You know, the guys that are getting the strip sacks are usually the edge rushers. That's one of the reasons the edge rushers are making a lot of money. I mean, look at the money. I mean, the, uh, it, well, and when the draft comes, you, you know, the people that you're talking about the edge rushers, um, you know, the left tackles, the right tackles, maybe the lockdown corners, um, you know, there's specific, um, you know, positions that seem to be really trending high. So you're not going to get a lot of stats, uh, certainly as kind of like a backup um, nose guard.
0: How many guys from uh, Altoona High have appeared in a Super Bowl, Neil? Do you know that off the top of your head? Is Brad Benson anybody else? Brad
1: Benson uh, would be,
0: I think, the only one. And he would would have gone in two with the Giants. That right? Did he go to two with them?
1: No, I want to say I think just one.
0: So Kevin is Kevin would be the first Altoona Area High School product ever be. On a team that's gone to two Super Bowls. Is that
1: right? I think so. That's right. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. And, and, you know, look at Altuna's history. You're talking about a place that has turned out about 10 10 NFL players.
0: That's pretty wild. Now, it's not like Kevin's been a star or anything like that. But when all is said and done and we're 10, 15 years down the road, what what will Kevin's legacy be? Now, look, he's he's he probably going to go. He's only twenty six years old. You got to fear he's got a handful more years, and maybe he can get a big contract and everything. But but where does Kevin Given stand, kind of in the pantheon of Altoona football? When all yeah, is said well, and done, yeah. Well,
1: hopefully, right. Uh, you touched on. It. I'm hoping he's still for his sake. He's still building it. Uh, if you know, and as as uh, it it takes that second contract to really um, set your yourself and your family, generational, uh, wealth, as is known. And, you know, it'll be curious to see whether he can get a two or three year deal. Um, you know, what'll, what'll happen in this off season? Um, you know, but, uh, Hey, you know, you're talking about a kid that's really making his way. We, you know, we've had, um, guys from here. I mean, you know, Ed Flanagan, I think of Eddie, um, you know who played 12 years. I thought about him. You know recently, especially with the success of the Detroit Lions, and he's on their all-time team. And he passed away in the past year. You know, and uh, um, you know Brad played. Brad played 10 years, uh, 10 or 11 years. I have to check exactly. Um, Mike Reed was an All-Pro, but he had a shorter career, mostly by. Uh, by choice and by some injuries, uh, but uh, you know, hey, Kevin is uh, he's he's forging his way into that kind of pantheon.
0: It's interesting, like if he's a free agent and what what you do, maybe somebody else offers more money, and and that's hey, look at, at that point, you got to do what you got to do. I would have to think if he stays with the Forty ers with everything they've got going with that for them that he could get back to m- multiple super bowls perhaps. Now look, it's very difficult to get here, but the 49ers are set up for success for the next 2 or 3 years. You you think that comes into play for him or at this point is it he just looking for the best opportunity?
1: Well, you know, I don't know him that well, so I can't I can't say, but I would guess as a guy who was not drafted in his first he was he signed a 3-year contract I'm pretty sure, and then each of the last couple years have been one year Deals, uh, so I would think that if he could get a multi-year deal, uh, that that's going to be a, a help drive the decision. You know, I think it's one thing if you come out and uh, you know you you've already gotten a huge signing bonus and and whatnot. So I I'll be anxious to see what happens, but my guess is this is where he's worked his way into a point because last year I believe he was still a restricted free agent if he got an offer the team could match it and i never heard where he got another when the team locked him up i think last march so um you know these next uh this next couple months will be important and i don't know what their other guys uh at that position what their status is what kind of decisions uh they have to make
0: great stuff what, what a great story for that kid he's a real good kid nice dude a very low-key, yeah, sophomore. I know
1: one of his neighbors, and, um, you know, he comes home and he's you know, gives out some Niners gear and whatnot. And I know he's been, you know, I think good to the school and whatnot. You know, he shows up. He's, you know, playing uh, volleyball with the wrestlers, uh, you know, that kind of stuff in the wrestling room. Uh, so, yeah, he's been a presence over there. Fan-
0: That's fantastic. Neil, appreciate the time, man. Enjoy your day.
1: Hey, thanks for it.
0: Have a good day. All right, Neil Riddell from the Mirror. Good stuff there.